Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Red Harris. <laughs> Keep going, that's fantastic. You had one thing to do. <laughs> you had one thing to do. No, you've got to come in later when we actually introduce you. So let me welcome you to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. That's right, we are going to be talking with Red Harris, but I'm going to ask him to come in in a moment. <laughs> now, the one thing's brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and you've pressed play on episode 21, The Life Cycle of the Team. All right, uh, so we're, we're at team pastoring again this week, and uh, we've got Rhett with us, but uh, look... When you we have teams, just like with individuals, you go through cycles of how healthy and how well teams are performing. Uh, new ministry, new team, new people, new leader. Uh, there's lots of ways it can go, uh, but uh, there's often four stages at which teams go uh, through that we've pulled Rhett in as he's been doing a huge amount of team pastoring this week, uh, but he's done a lot of thinking into this area of how it is you help teams move through these stages as a leader uh, to perform as healthy, high-functioning teams. That's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome, Rhett. Hello. It's, uh, it's so good to have you here because you've got loads of experience in terms of running teams, uh, thinking into how, how teams work uh, uh, here, at, here at EV Church and also in the previous churches that you've been working at. You've been, you've been running churches and teams uh, for years and you've been helping others as well run them for years. So you've got a lot of collective wisdom and experience. Why is it so important for us to understand uh, the stages teams move through? Well, I mean, the, the big idea is that teams will function differently as they go through those stages, there'll be different characteristics that they, uh, you know, have, and so for a leader to know that's really helpful, because one, it doesn't they don't freak out, and uh, two, they can know how they, their leadership style should change depending on the stage that team's at. So I think it helps them expectations and behaviourally what they ought to do. Hmm. So can you just talk to us about what those four stages are uh, that you identified? Well, I mean, here's some names. Just the first stage we would call the beginning or orientation stage. Um, and then the second stage is the I'm not sure I'm liking it stage. The third stage is uh, the uh, now we might be getting somewhere stage. <laughs> and the fourth stage is now we're smashing it stage, right? Yeah. Those you sound probably... like very technical terms. <laughs> yeah, <there, right? laughs> That's right. We're technical people up here at EV, mate. So can you say that, clarify those again? Yep. So it's the beginning stage and uh, the second one is Basically, I'm not liking it stage, right? And there's other words you could put in there, but they're not having much fun, right? This is not pleasant. And then the second, the third stage is, um, you know, we're, we are, we're getting somewhere. And the fourth stage, we're smashing it. They're do, really starting to fire. Tell us about that second stage, the I'm not liking Do you really need to have to go through that stage? You do. Okay, so tell us why. <laughs> well, they start with the first stage, which is the exciting stage. They're excited to be part of it. You've got lots of energy, high expectations. Then they, hit, they actually have to hit reality, which is making it all work and that's when uh, actually it's harder to actually make it happen. Uh, maybe their goals seem too hard or they're not realistic. There's frustrations in different aspects of the tasks, their role and maybe even you as a leader. Yeah, they can feel inadequate for the task or confused about what you're asking them to do. Um, they can get frustrated in how much they've got to ask um, you, the leader, uh, to explain things, tell them again and again. They can feel negative towards other team members and there's also, um, you know, the team meetings you get together, they're, they're all trying to work stuff out. And so there can be undercurrents of agendas and power plays. And so all of that, you put that all together, that's the 
I'm not having much fun stage. Mm. <laughs> so what's the so you've got this might be how long it's a piece of string question, but how long do these stages normally work for with teams? Yeah, that's the thing. You can actually get stuck at stages for a very long time. Mm. So that's not there's not a simple um in, in, in it's really good if I think people have you're getting godly and more mature people, you can usually move through the stages very quickly. Uh, of course, if you've got people who uh, maybe lack maturity or there's other issues going on with them, heart issues, you can actually have dysfunctional teams and you get you can get permanently stuck in stage two, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. That's the unpleasant thing to know. Yeah, right. And so as one of the things that we want to dig into as well as teams is how it is leaders kind of interact with that. You know, situational leadership stuff where it talks about um, – and everyone's probably familiar with this, but talking about uh, how it is that leaders interact with people, individuals at different stages to help them move through similar stages. Um, what what in this is the role of leaders in teams and how do leaders help them move through this? Yeah, so it is the leadership style that it'll take at each of those different stages. So the first style of leadership they ought to take in that kind of when they're enthusiastic, but they don't really have much of an idea what they're going to do. You actually have to be directing in your style. That is, be clear, uh, informative, um, show you know exactly why the team is doing what it's doing, its goals, its purposes, and giving out kind of job descriptions um, and really clarifying, explain really, but really, it's a, a very directing, you know, hands-on kind of. This is what we need to kind of do here. Mm. Uh, that's that's. But then, as you move in the stage two, when it, things are, are tougher, um, this is when you actually need to. Uh, pursue what we call the coaching uh, style, where you need to be directive, that is clear and explaining, um, but you also need to be supportive, listening, solving, encouraging and resolving. Um, This is probably the most challenging time uh, for the leader, but um, if this stage is handled well, uh, it will yield the best results for the team and the ministry. Because essentially what's going on is the team needs to learn to trust each other. That's the key base you need mm. to build. And the leader's the one who's got to try and, and get the things on the table in such a way they can learn to trust, learn transparency and be, be honest with each other. Mm. And probably part of the difficulty at that stage is, is actually being okay with that because we, we all probably want to be liked, although some mm. people don't, um, but most of us want to be liked. Mm. And so it's hard when the team's not you know functioning as it should or as, as you want it to. Um, and it's hard knowing that you actually have to go through this stage in order to get out the other end when you're actually smash, smashing it and mm. and uh, and performing, mm. you know, as you say. And you can see because we want to be liked, you know, we're the we're most vulnerable, right? So that's that's why stage two is when you're dealing, got to deal with people's insecurities mm. and all that kind of stuff. When we just got, and actually we have weaknesses, and that's okay. And it seems as though in that stage as well, that's when uh, you as a leader have to also let the ball, you know, get dropped. Mm. Um, in order for you to have that coaching conversation, in order for you to have that teaching moment. Um, how, how do you deal with that as a leader when you can't let the ball be dropped? You know, we're not playing a game of rugby. Mm. Um, it, you know, we're not at Woi Woi and, uh, you know, playing for the Lions. And, uh, you know, we're, we're actually being involved in something that's, that's really, you know, significant and important. How do you as a leader deal with that in that, in that phase? Yeah, look, that, that is difficult. But there is a sense in which... Um, you do, in a way, have to let the ball be dropped. You can't just jump in and rescue it. And so um, you do have to try and set it up so that the thing itself is not... There's not so much on the line that's going to destroy everything. Um, but at the same time, if, if they know that you're running and rescue it, 
then you'll undermine the entire thing. So that's really helpful. Don't make it so that everything's on the line. So how might someone do it such that it's not all on the line? Yeah, I think, um, you know, setting up the person within the team uh, with roles that are, you know, they can demonstrate some competencies at getting those things done before they, you know, so it's little steps rather than suddenly a massive step that's going to be a big stretch that then they can fail at. And so if you can break up the roles to give, you know, say you've got a new member and they're just, you know, so they're giving them the, the, the little steps, whereas if you've got other team members that are more competent and so forth, um, get them underneath them. And, and so, so they get, get the wins, get the early runs on the board. We're going to hear more about the lifestyle of the team in just a few moments. Uh, we're going to tours. Uh, we're going to tours. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pause uh, the One Thing Toolbox. <laughs> Scott, what have you got for working with teams? Well, this is one of those cases where there are plenty of Christian and secular resources to choose from. Everyone's concerned about developing good teams. So you might want to just jump in and Google, you know, performing ministry teams and you'll get a whole bunch of, you know, five things, seven things, ten things, uh, blogs and podcasts. But actually, this is a significant area and a really important area. And so I actually think it requires uh, you as a leader actually taking the time to actually develop your own skill in you know leading and managing teams and so uh, we have uh, put together a course on church in a box uh, the building teams course uh, th- this is a, a really helpful course that will take time uh, but I'd suggest that this is actually probably you know one of the more important areas of you and your ministry leadership development that you need to um, uh, you know to push in on um, and another great resource is Tuckman's stages of, of group development um, and then another final resource uh, EV Church have put together a, a building leaders booklet, and we might put uh, just on the uh, on the website uh, just a couple of uh, excerpts from that on uh, on this uh, on this topic that we're talking about today. And I've got one more. There's a great uh, website from Google on rework uh, about teams, and they did some research into this area and about what uh, what makes a healthy team. Um, so that's a great one. I'll put that one as well. All right, back to the life cycle of teams. We're talking to Rhett Harris, the ministry pastor at EV Church, um, and let's just. Uh, does this push into a little bit uh, the idea of teams and integrating people? Because um, one of the challenges can be you've got a team and they've moved through these stages or they are moving through the stages, and you want to keep uh, you want to keep integrating people into the life of teams in some way. But it can be tricky if a stage is at a different uh, team is at a different stage and you need to put someone in there. It's hard to manage that as a leader as a team. How is it you integrate people? Um, into teams when they might be at not that first stage, but the second, third, and fourth one. Yeah, look, I think that that's the tricky that's the tricky part, right? Because if they're all just one unit, you're like moving through the stages together. That's simpler. But what happens when you're joining? You're getting someone on board if you're like midway. And uh, as you say, that's okay if you're um, in the first stage. But if you're joining in the um, the, the later stages, that is trickier. Yeah. So I think the team leader. Uh, I don't have a simple answer on this one. Mm. It depends, I think, on the team and the nature of how it's working. But I think that's when the leader would play a, a heavier hand in getting alongside someone, trying to get them up to speed quickly. If they're in the later stages and the teams are really in a kind of the smashing it stage, they're basically um, you can delegate it to the team so the team's making decisions. I think largely that team, the new member can join in and the team will carry them. Mm. But where it's tricky is you imagine if the team's really doing it tough, they're in the kind of not going that well, if you put in a new member into that context and just throw them in, mm. uh, that could be a most unpleasant experience. Yeah. And so you need to be really wary there, wouldn't you? Yep. And trying to kind of get them on board, say, explain what's going on and, 
and, on, and try and bring them on, Will, and probably help the team in, in actually getting all the members to embrace them and bring them on. Mm. Can I ask Can I ask a question? Uh, there, there are obviously some teams in church, you know, when they are smashing it, that everyone wants to be involved in. Uh, yeah. how, how do you deal with that uh, in a church context where you do need to resource a whole bunch of teams yeah. and everyone's saying, I just want to be on, well, what happens in at Geneva is everyone wants to be on Derek's team. And so, uh, you know, how do you deal with it, you know, when you've got high-performing leaders who everyone wants to be on Derek's team? <laughs> sorry, sorry, I was, I was laughing at something else then. Carry you. <laughs> yeah, that's tricky. I mean, I think you try and keep people on the teams they're in. That's that's all you can do. Um, uh, and try and help that team become more, mm. <laughs> more healthy in the end before they lose people. I don't, there's not a simple answer on that one. It seems like as well, part of the answer, both the integration and this is, is how well the leaders are, like how well equipped the leaders are there, yeah. um, how well they can facilitate people, the groups and the individuals moving through those stages. Yeah. Um, helps both integrate people who are at different stages, but navigate um, that very tricky second stage so people can keep moving forward, it seems like. So do you do a lot of work with leaders to upskill them to be aware of this stuff and tools to manage it? I wouldn't say we do a lot of work. Mm. No, <laughs> that would be an overstretch. Um, we do do some work, yeah, in trying to help people navigate through that kind of stuff, yeah. Yep, nice. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. So, Rhett, what's the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to understanding the life cycle of the team? Oh, look, the, the one thing is just to know that there is these four stages and... There is no way around it. You can't go from one to four. You have to go through the, each stage as painful as it through two. Uh, but actually two does lay the foundation for that work. That's why it's important to go through it well. Uh, and the part of that whole thing is to realise that your leadership style uh, does change depending on the stage that the team's at. Mm, that's good. Well, that brings us to the end of the 21st episode of The One Thing. I feel like we need to have a bit of a, a party, a bit of a celebration. Champagne. Champagne, uh, you know, drink beer out of the boot, mm. uh, head down to the surf club and uh, have a keg. <laughs> Lots of analogies in there. It's great. Yeah, it's exciting. But if you are looking for all the past episodes and you want a convenient place to browse, just head on to genevapush.com forward slash the one thing. You're going to find everything you need there. In fact, you're going to find the previous 20, 20 episodes and all the show notes. Uh, we want this podcast to uh, help feed you uh, in your ministry so if you like what you've heard today, take a moment, rate it on, on, on iTunes, share it, leave a comment. All right, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Coming up in our next episode, every ministry relies on volunteers, but how do you get volunteers that actually suit your ministry? So. In our next episode, we're going to be talking to Kathy Hurd, uh, one of Geneva Push's directors of coaching and one of the ministry leaders at EV Church. We're going to ask her, what's the one thing you need to know about recruiting volunteers? Until then, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Kenner. Chat soon.